This is your host, Bruce Ash. And you know what? I'm still broadcasting live, not from the third level of my underground bunker, but I'm down on the fourth level. I'm located in Coronado, California, where the men are strong, the women are good looking, and they think their kids are absolutely way above average. Welcoming you to a special fourth anniversary edition of Inside Track. Geez, I said it would never last. And here we are, four years. Eb and I really want to thank each of our listeners, you loyal listeners who either listen to us uh, with uh, your regular radios at home or in the car or your extraterrestrial uh, radios on your device of some sort, whether it be laptop, phone, or iPad. Eb's on assignment today, so I'll be going solo. Here we go. And before we get to our first guest, I want to remind you to please support our great sponsors, Tucson Iron and Metal, their junk might just be your new fence. They get so many cool things you must really come see on Monday. Essential Pest Control, Eric Rudin's crew is doing a superb job at all of our company properties and our home also. I trust him that much. Corazon Cabinets, cabinets you'll love at a price you can really afford. Call Joy and find out about their great in-stock inventory, which means your kitchen or bath can get done way in advance of the fall holidays. And also supporting Inside Track is the aforementioned Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Tired of lame financial advice from the big houses, Eb is committed to help you retire comfortably and comfortably retire. All of our sponsors are locally owned, family-run businesses you can depend upon. Eb and I do, so should you. We welcome your calls today on the Tucson Iron and Steel Retail Live Line at 790-2040. We have another great show for you today. After the rundown, we'll speak with friend of the show, author, military historian, and pundit, Eastside Donald Smith, about his new column in the Arizona Daily Independent and the Green Valley News on the gravitas of Mark Kelly, or maybe the lack of same. Kudos to Loretta Honeycutt and Dan Shearer for showing the good sense to print his opinion piece. And then stay tuned all the way to the end of the show today after speaking with Eastside Don, retired Navy SEAL and CD6 Republican nominee for U.S. House, Eli Crane will share his thoughts on Joe Biden's incredibly vitriolic speech the other night, Tom O'Halloran's support of 87,000 new IRS agents, and the weaponization of the DOJ and FBI. Before we get to Eastside Don, let's get right to this week's rundown. It's been one year since Joe Biden's evacuation from Afghanistan, where the USA donated over a billion dollars of arms and materiel on their way out of town to the Taliban, who just this week triumphantly marched through the streets of Kabul wearing our uniforms, shouldering our weapons, flaunting their new night vision goggles, parading our armor and flying our helicopters, showing off to the world that they were a force to be reckoned with. 
And to those Americans, green card holders and Afghanis still trapped in that hellhole of a country, they were reminded how perilous living under a brutal Islamic regime, which is dedicated to finding them and killing anyone who opposes these monsters. Thursday night's Soul of a Nation, non-political speech, is euphemistically being referred to, even by friendly Democrats, as being presented by, quote, Dark Brandon, who will vanquish his 40 million semi-fascist enemies. They love the message, though. His embarrassingly partisan and anti-American speech shows the frustration he and even his most loyal Democrat supporters must feel going into the midterms, having few successes to show for except monumentally high inflation, increasing interest rates and debt, a bear market on Wall Street, whopping deficits they have single-handedly created with a tax-free $40,000 handout to millennials and Gen Zers, making as much as $250,000 a year as an election bribe while showing weakness abroad and all of their other new Green Deal fantasy. Friends, politics is about addition, not subtraction. Thursday's historic speech was the second of the week where Mr. Biden, where Mr. Biden squared off against President Trump and tens of millions of Republicans, Americans, none of whom are on the ballot. Biden was not presidential sounding, and he actually looked more like the chairman of the CCP rather than the leader of the free world. I know of no speech ever delivered by a sitting president which was as vicious as these, and we're still two months away from Election Day. Earlier today, facing a groundswell of criticism, even from members of his own party, he tried to walk back his harsh words. Well, Joe, it's a little too late. And in case we've forgotten, these are the MAGA first, uh, America first policies that were actually adopted between 2017 and 2021 by Donald Trump. The, these policies have been embraced by uh, MAGA, as, as uh, Joe Biden calls them, and he feels that these are the policies that are a danger to America. Supporting American citizens and consistently placing America's interests first. Supporting and standing up for life and our traditional American values. Supporting and defending the U.S. Constitution through rule of law. Supporting American sovereignty and a strong national defense. Supporting national energy independence and self-sufficiency through intellectual development and regulation reform. Supporting human rights at home and around the world. Supporting and nominating federal judges who will actually defend the United States Constitution. Supporting economic policies which create more jobs, fair trade, and greater wealth for all Americans. Supporting excellence in education and freedom of choice for parents. Supporting the repeal of government-run health care and promoting free enterprise solutions. And lastly, supporting federalism and government reform. Can anybody listening to this radio broadcast anywhere in the world Tell me, please, which of these policies represents racism or fascism? 
Are Republicans who voted for Donald Trump and support these policies, are we extreme or is it the other way around? Mr. Producer, let's go to our first break and hear from our great sponsors. You're listening to Inside Track. Inside Donald Smith joins us right after the break. We'll return in a jiffy. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing. And then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through. But that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house. We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Instead of an activity where every kid gets a trophy, those who graduate from Wright Flight get to fly a plane. But only if they get good grades, are well-behaved, and pass a written test. I'm Robin Stoddard, an ex-fighter pilot. I founded Wright Flight because I knew it could help kids reach new heights in their schools, homes, and communities. Endorsed by educators at every level, nonprofit Wright Flight has changed thousands of lives since 1986. Learn more at rightflight.org. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Our next guest is someone many of you on Inside Track may know because he lives right here in Tucson. Donald Smith, sometimes known as Eastside Don, uh, is a retired Army officer. Um, and uh, he is a frequent contributor to the Arizona Daily Independent. And uh, you might read some of his posts on a Facebook page called Damn the Torpedoes. Uh, he is our friend, and um, Donald, welcome to the show. Bruce, thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Donald Smith just had an opinion piece published by our good friend Dan Shearer at the Green Valley News called, Did Mark Kelly Use His Gravitas for Good? So, Donald, you suggest in your column that Mark Kelly's authority was uniquely strong. So when you ask the question, asking whether or not 
Mark Kelly used as gravitas for good. What exactly is your conclusion? Well, everybody comes to their own determination on that. And I will admit that I have not really studied Mark Kelly's uh, announcements or his uh, legislative activities in detail. Instead, what I've done is I've looked back and I look at what the Biden administration has done. I look at the current state of the country and I ask myself, how could our senator have influenced that? And one of the reasons I wrote the opinion piece was that I think a lot of people presume that a senator only has so much power. You know, he's only one of he or she is only one of 100 uh, uh, members of the Senate. So what can one senator do to influence uh the, the course of the administration, what the Biden administration is doing. And I wrote the piece to, to remind people that Mark Kelly has a lot more influence than a typical senator does. Uh, and when you put those various uh, components of what gives him that influence together, he should have or should have had a lot of weight with the Biden administration and should have had the ability to influence it on the actions it did or didn't do. So, uh, you know, the election is coming up now. Kelly's running for re-election, and an election is a referendum on uh, how well an incumbent has done. And so when we're asking ourselves that, quest that, that question to ourselves, how well has Mark Kelly done, we should be aware that Mark Kelly has a lot more heft and power than your typical freshman center, and that should factor into our assessment of him. Hmm. Today, many people say that Arizona is a swing state, which gives most new senators, especially those who are serving out another person's term, some leeway to think for themselves and vote for the views and values of their constituents. But that's not something Mark Kelly, Mark Kelly has done very much, has he? And I guess the question I, is, why not? I mean, I haven't gotten that impression. And, and you're, you're spot on in the fact that uh, is that the, the fact that he is running for re-election in a state that is traditionally lean Republican for a six-year term should give him the latitude to push back against uh, Democrat Party leadership. But one of the things that Mark Kelly count campaigned on was that he was not a, a, a typical Democrat. He was not part of the Democrat Party. He was Arizona's senator. Well, uh, he, he's having to run for his own six-year term now. And so... Uh, I'm sure that he would be looking for opportunities to demonstrate that he's a bit of a maverick and that he is more focused on his state's concerns than, um, uh, than the, the National Party's concerns. Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, certainly has that uh, image, and Kelly sees that. And so uh, he should have been able to, and I'm sure his party would have given him a lot of latitude. So... Uh, to me, it doesn't seem like he's used it. He seems to be voting pretty much in lockstep with the party, which is his right. But a lot of people are unhappy with what the Democrat Party and the Biden administration is doing right now. I mean, or, or what they've done with, uh, you know, spiking inflation, uh, cutting, uh, hampering the, the, the health of the fossil fuels industry, the debacle uh, of our withdrawal from Afghanistan, the student loan uh, cluster fark that uh, that's good, I think is a good way to describe it uh, and, and and Biden or you know Kelly doesn't seem to have tried to influence any of those to go in a different direction than the way they did so I think we have to presume that he agreed with what the Biden administration did well he voted for it 
Yeah, but I mean, there's uh, like, for example, the the Af- the uh, the way that we pulled out of Afghanistan w- w- was catastrophic, incredibly damaging to our credibility amongst other countries in the world that depend on us and 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 who are debating whether they want to still remain allies with us. I mean, we have to accept the the, the likelihood that there are people in Afghanistan now that will hate us for a hundred years because of the way that we abandoned them. We had been there for 20 years. We had built trust under Afghans. I'm not saying we shouldn't have pulled out. We've been there for 20 years, but the way that we did it, just abandoning our allies, uh, abandoning billions of dollars of equipment there. I mean, it was it was humiliating. And there are Afghans who have now been, <clears throat> they're either running from the Taliban or they've had family members who trusted us, who worked with us, who've been killed. They'll never forget that. We have to live with the possibility that we have created a generator of Afghans who will hate us. And and it didn't have to be that way. And one of the things I say in the opinion piece is that Mark Kelly is a Navy captain. So he is a professional. Uh, and he certainly understands that it's important for the American military when we're going to be involved overseas. We're more effective overseas when, when we have countries that are, and groups that are willing to partner with us. So, Who would partner with the United States after what we just saw happen in Afghanistan? So, so having said that, let's imagine you were an astronaut, part of a family of astronauts, a distinguished naval aviator with combat experience, a senior naval officer at that. You suggest Mark Kelly should have been a badass, right? So why yeah. why isn't he, and why has he been pushed around by Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden, and what has that meant about his service so far in the U.S. Senate, and why shouldn't he be returned to the U.S. Senate in January? <clears throat> I, I cannot imagine how, if Mark Kelly had used his authority the way he could have, Things had to have been different. All he had to do was to go over and have a sit down with Chuck Schumer or have a private meeting with somebody at the, at the Biden White House and say, you can't expect me to sit here and be quiet while we abandon Bagram Air Force Base. I'm a Navy aviator. I understand how important it is for us to have uh, how important air power is to our allies. Uh, you know, I'm I'm wearing the rank of, of, a, of a Navy captain. That means something. You can't expect me to sit here while we have it's this, uh, while a debacle is happening in Afghanistan. I have to go out and say something. I'm going to have to talk to people, talk to reporters and say, you know, this is not the way that we should do things. He had leverage that he could have used, and if he and he didn't have to publicly call out the administration, I'm sure that he could see in in the briefings that he was getting as a senator exactly how the abandonment, the withdrawal from Afghanistan was shaping up. I'm sure he had some advance notice, and he could have said through his channels, "Look, don't do this. Find a better way to do this, or I'm going to have to go and start talking about it." And then what's what is what is uh what's Chuck Schumer going to do? Because Joe Biden is not just some or not not Joe Biden, but Mark Kelly is not just some no name uh, Arizona politician that was pulled up, let's say, from the Maricopa City Council and run for national office. He's Maverick. He, he's a Navy Navy aviator with combat experience. 
He's an astronaut. He has he has gravitas. There's only so much Chuck Schumer can do to push back against him. And Kelly had to know he had that authority. And yet, based on how things have played out, I think the only thing we conclude is that he chose not to use it. Um, I mean, I can't imagine that that he he he, he was too cowardly to use it because he's an astronaut we don't put we don't send cowards uh into space nasa doesn't do that so i think we have to conclude that he went along that he agreed with what the biden administration was changes direction so if mark kelly had used his gravitas for good what's the one vote that you think uh, th- that he made differently would be to prove that he really was a badass for his constituents here in Arizona. I'm not so, uh, to be honest, I've not really tracked Kelly's voting record. I'm presuming that it's in lockstep with what the, the Democrats normally do. But where I really think we should ask <clears throat> questions about Kelly is when he, it looks like he did not influence policy before it came to the vote. Um, well, like, for example, the student loan bailout plan, we've been talking about that for, for months. Kelly certainly understood that that would send a terrible message to Americans who, uh, who didn't go into debt for college or they went into debt for college and then they paid it off. A lot of those Americans are, are, are soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who went into the service so they could color, cover their college costs. I mean, he had to see that this bailout was coming and that's when he could have used his influence and said, look, if you do this, I have to oppose you. I have to stand out publicly and criticize you for this because how can you convince people to join the military to, to uh, handle their college uh, costs when they can turn around and see their friends take loans out with, with what appears to be a realistic expectation that at some point when an election is coming up, some politician is going to pay off their loan. So I don't think it's so much the votes that Kelly has made, but the fact that he he does not appear to have used his gravitas to influence Biden administration policy as much as he could have. So, so one last question, and it really gets to the point of him not showing his gravitas um, because he has agreed with the president on almost everything. The current president has described so-called MAGA Americans as semi-fascist. He even proclaimed the other night that free elections might be in danger. Uh, now look, I've been in politics for a while. I've always been taught that successful politics is about addition and not subtraction. He stood there with U.S. Marines by him, uh, looked like he was in Gotham City and more like the chairman of the CCP and not the president of the United States. If you were Mark Kelly and he had called perhaps as many as 48 percent of the voters in Arizona semi-fascist, would, do you think that he should say something about this and criticize the president for what he said the other night in his speech? I think he's obligated to do it because of the unique position he's in. Again, he's not just an average politician. He is a senior Navy official. He is a Navy captain. That's the rank he achieved while he was on active duty. And those Marines that we saw in the background the other night, they are those the Marine Corps is part of the Department of the Navy. He 
he should at the very least be asked, did he think that was appropriate? Can he defend that? How did that make him feel? Um, I would imagine that there, I mean, I'm retired army and it disgusted me the fact that these, that you had Marines that were there prominently in the scene that was deliberate i'm sure that was staged well there's been plenty of there's been plenty of presidents of the united states for for many many decades who've had sometimes in a political like speech uh members of the armed for armed services in back of them or around them but it's been you know red white and blue rah 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 this was this was a a speech condemning uh you know at least 40 percent of americans uh this is a much different thing and, and a united states marine uh, uh anybody uh, should ha- should not have been there it almost seemed like uh you know a a nazi rally in nuremberg for crying out loud well, CNN was uncomfortable. They, CNN said the use of the Marines, guards, and the Marine band, it, the way that uh, President Biden used them, broke with White House tradition. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Senator Kelly has a lot of authority. And when you have authority, you're supposed to step up and use it. In the opinion piece, uh, I talked about the Marine uh, colonel named Stuart Scheller. And I think a lot of us remember right yes. after Afghanistan, yes. there was yes. a Marine Lieutenant Colonel who posted a Facebook video where he criticized his leadership for not stepping up and using their authority at the time that they needed to use it, yep. which was before this thing happened to stand up to the to the Biden administration and say, don't do what you're about ready to do in Afghanistan. And in the um, in his video, Colonel Scheller reached up and he rubbed the tip of his uniform blouse in between his fingers and that's where the marines and the navy have their have an officer's rank so that's it that is known as within military circles as a sign that hey you're supposed to be using your authority you got it for a reason well mark kelly has lots of authority we as arizonans should expect him to use it and we should consider as we vote this uh november whether he used it effectively or not. Well, Mark Kelly certainly has a lot of explaining to do. Donald Smith, thanks for joining us today. Uh, We'll talk, I'm sure, as we get closer to November 8th. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing metal plate and roofing materials as well as new and used steel aluminum and stainless steel to ranchers artists interior designers roofers and do-it-yourselfers just like all the listeners here tucson iron and metal retail is open monday through fridays 8 a.m to 4 30 p.m and saturdays 8 a.m to noon tucson iron and steel retail 701 east 36th street Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? 
None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you think what's happening in Ukraine can't happen here, think again. Look who's occupying the White House. This is one of many things our forefathers predicted and ensured those rights in our Constitution. We manage money for gun owners. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track, our first federal candidate interview since the August Republican primary here in Arizona is Eli Crane, who won the election for the CD2 nomination in a somewhat crowded field. Eli, uh, welcome to Inside Track. Hey, thanks for having me, Bruce. And uh, for, for our guests, you may recall Eli served our country as a Navy SEAL for over a decade and has also developed a successful and unique business bottle breacher and has been an outspoken advocate for Second Amendment and the shooting sports here in America. Eli, when we last spoke to you, it was early in the run uh, that you had in the primary. My perception during our last chat was that you are a very serious but confident candidate. But let me ask you, did your solid victory (laughs) come as a surprise or, or did you expect it? You know, I don't think it came as a surprise to everybody. I had people in my corner that were telling me, um, kind of predicting the win in that way. For one, never let that go to my head. And uh, I learned a long time ago to never take any opponents lightly. And so I think it, you know, um, really didn't come as a super surprise to me just because so many people in my corner really felt that that was the way it was going to go. But at the same time, Bruce, um, just like in warfare, I f- felt like I was prepared for it to go either way. I was prepared to be a gracious loser um, and to concede and to uh, throw my hat behind the support of whoever won that race. But I was also, uh, you know, ready to um, move on into the general and try and unseat Tom O'Halloran as well. Yeah. Um, I hope Mr. Blackman and uh, any of the other candidates have any of them endorsed you and wish you well in your in your uh, general election run. Um, Yeah, a couple of them have, Um, you know, not everybody has, but, you know, that's okay, And uh, it you know, it is it is what it is. Well, I see from your Facebook page, you've added suits to your clothing repertoire. You're looking good. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're running against a current office holder who has never been an advocate for the district. He represents uh, and recently announced he supported Joe Biden's so-called inflation reduction bill and then went, on, went out of his way to praise the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents. Uh, now, you served in an elite fighting force for many years defending our country. Tell our listeners, um, in, in your district, would voters, um, w- w- which would they more want, more Navy SEALs and Marines or more IRS agents? Well, that's not even a question, Bruce. And, and the, the sad thing is, is that uh, I don't even think most Democrats or independents, you know, even want that many more IRS agents. I think, honestly, you know, um, a lot of people would have been alarmed if they would have saw it, you know, a 10% or 15% increase in IRS agents. But the fact that we doubled the amount of IRS agents in this country 
um, 87,000. That's about the size of a large football stadium. I, I think that scared Americans uh, across across the aisle. And it just kind of goes to show you where this administration is headed. And when you actually look at what Tom O'Halloran said about it when he was defending his choice to vote for that bill, which one of the many things that it did to con- contribute to the uh, erosion of the country was hiring those 87,000 IRS agents. You know what he said, Bruce? He said, um, well, we need revenue streams. Yeah. How many people believe out there that the U.S. government needs more revenue streams? Like, that's the problem. When sure. Over $30 trillion in debt, right? That's not the problem. The problem is there's no fiscal responsibility. And we just continue to spend and print and borrow money, you know, that, that, that we don't have and spend that money you know, all over the world and, you know, invested in places that the American people largely aren't on board with. So more IRS agents, some armed, uh, who were not hired to go after billionaires, as they claim. They're going after small business owners, gig workers, average Americans. Your district has tons and tons of very hardworking uh, Americans, Arizonans living there, um, I can't imagine that this is going to be popular with them. And if your opponent in the general election is for that, um, I mean, what, what are you hearing from voters out there that that you've spoken to since since the bill passed? Well, I think what we're what, what, what we're hearing is largely across the board that they're not happy with the direction of this country. They're not happy with this administration, which just is is evident by. President Joe Biden's uh, approval and polling numbers. But that's the thing, Bruce, is that these Democrats, unlike Republicans, often they move in lockstep. They, they're they very good at moving together, which allows them to get a lot done. But in this case, everything that they're getting done is damaging this country, and Tom O'Halloran is a part of that. Just like I said, he voted for the uh, uh, this reduction act. It just gave us these 87,000 IRS agents. And he's, he's, his voting record is 100% with Nancy Pelosi. And so people understand that they're not happy about the direction of this country. And they know that, you know, Tom O'Halloran is a big part of it. Um, you've had a, a lot of support from early on in your campaign uh, through uh, the primary. You still need more uh, support from uh, from uh, people who want to see you in this uh, in this seat come January. Um, this is a winnable election against a tired old guy who follows Nancy Pelosi. But how do people send money uh, to you and put up signs for you? Yeah, so if they go to Eli4Arizona.com, that's a really great place to get a hold of me. Um, I'm also on social media, Eli Crane underscore CEO and uh, Eli for Congress. So those are places that people can find me, contact our campaign, um, and, and get involved in this. And Bruce, again, we appreciate the opportunity you know, to come on your show and to uh, present our case to your listeners. 
So we, we thank you for coming on. Uh, we've, we've just seen evidence in the Department of Justice. They seem to suggest they don't have a viable case to charge the president, uh, that's President Trump, over a possible violation of the National Archives and Documents Act of 1978. But they are releasing photos and statements which, ser which serve to incriminate the former president of serious crimes. These are not serious violations. I think you know that. And now they're using the media to do what Donald Trump, to do to Donald Trump, what they know they cannot do in court, which is convict him. Do you feel the Department of Justice and the FBI have been weaponized? 100%, Bruce, and that's, that's sad. And it's hard for me to even say, you know, I, I was always raised by my parents to, you know, respect law enforcement officers and, first responders and veterans and folks in the military because they have a job that, you know, has a mission that's greater than themselves. And so I, I take no pride in saying that, Bruce, but it's become clear as we in this country continue to, in my opinion, you know, head downhill towards becoming a banana republic um, that some of our major major and most respected institutions have become partisan and weaponized and it is not just this raid on mar lago it's it's the fact that hillary clinton can have a private server um in her home with you know a myriad and a, and a ton of um, classified documents and information and there's two sets of you know justice there's one standard for you and i and then there's one standard for elites and that's again why hunter biden is still walking the streets and he hasn't been put behind bars when we know all the corruption um and crimes that he's committed and it's just people are so sick and tired of it and um you know this mar-a-lago raid was just one more example of that partisanship that weaponization and not only people are tired of it, but they're scared because they don't they, they want justice. They, they 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 want, you know, people to be held accountable regardless of what side of the aisle they're on. And that's clearly, you know, not happening today. The president has um, this president has forgiven student loans up to forty thousand dollars per married couple for families making up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year without a vote from Congress, which could cost up to a trillion dollars, which includes the tax free component of his declaration. Nobody uh, who gets debt relief typically gets uh, tax protection, but uh, the student uh, votes, which he is so interested in getting, uh, are getting that kind of tax relief. CD2 voters are hardworking farmers, ranchers, they're construction workers. Uh, there are yep. others who make money the old-fashioned way they work for it. Um, isn't actions like this, this trillion-dollar giveaway on top of all the extra budget spending of close to $4 trillion just in this last year going to hurt families in your district? No, it absolutely is, and I think that's why you see individuals like Tom O'Halloran and even Senator Mark Kelly trying to run ads and commercials as if they're moderates. They don't, they don't talk about... You know, the fact that they're Democrats, they voted with Nancy Pelosi 100 percent of the time. And, you know, all of this carnage that they've inflicted on our economy, our borders. You know, um, I was actually talking to Art Del Cueto from the uh, yeah. National Border Patrol Council just uh, last week. And he didn't even know who I was running against. He didn't even know Tom O'Halloran's name. And that's that's one of the guys that's in charge. Um 
you know, of our, our, our border patrol down, down South. He doesn't even know the Congressman's name because he, he doesn't hear from Tom O'Halloran ever. And it just goes to show that these guys, not only can they not run on their record, but they actually try and sound like moderates in their television and radio ads because they know that if they're honest and transparent with the American people about what they've been up to in Washington, D.C., that they're going to get the boot. Hmm. One last question, Eli. The current president has described um, so-called MAGA Americans as semi-fascists. And he proclaimed the other night that free elections might be in danger. Um, I've always been taught that success in politics is about addition and not subtraction. With U.S. Marines standing nearby him as he gave the speech, uh, he looked like he was uh, the, the, uh, the guy talking from Gotham City and looked more like chairman of the CCP and not the president of the United States. Were you surprised? And do you think the Democrats trying to hold on to the seat will break with the Republican, excuse me, break with the Dem, with the president over this speech? Like Tom O'Halloran, do you expect Tom to say one word about this? You know, I, I really don't. And I don't know where else this administration has to go. They've set our economy on fire. Um, we have no southern border. Um, they canceled on day one our energy independence you know, they've supported defunding the police um, and, and programs that, you know, like ending, you know, cash bail that have, you know, just destroyed some of our inner cities with crime. I, I don't know where they where else they have to go other than to try and demonize, um, you know, Americans. And so I, I'm not surprised to see it. Um, I don't think that we'll hear much from Tom O'Halloran and others supporting the president. I don't think I, I've seen many of them refuse to answer whether or not they'd support the president if he ran again. So I do see a fractured Democratic Party, but we have to, it, we have to get out and vote. We have to get out and be activists and support. You know, our candidates that are running, we have to run for school board. We have to run for PC committee men, you know, spots. The only way we turn this country around, Bruce, in my opinion, is through activism. And we've been complacent and passive for far too long. And I think that's, you know, and that's a byproduct of having it so good for so long. And if we continue to do it, if we continue to, you know, sit, sit in our recliners and watch our Netflix and eat our fast food, we're going to continue to see this country, you know, go the wrong direction and the future, future of our kids go down the river. And it's up to us. And we can't, we can't have that attitude that somebody's, somebody else is going to come save us because nobody's coming. It's going to, it's going to take us. It's going to take work and it's going to take action. And so, you know, and I know that I'm preaching to the choir here. I know a lot of your listeners and viewers um, understand that, but you know all of, all this talk about having a red w- wave. Yeah, let's hope that that's the case, but let's work to make it happen. Because if we sit back and just think, oh, there's going to be a red wave, I don't have to show up. We're going to continue to get more of the same. Eli Crane, that's a call to action, ladies and gentlemen. Republican nominee for Congress in Arizona CD2. He's already proven his patriotism to our country. He has put his life on the line. 
Now he's asking all of us to make a difference so that he can make a difference in Congress and represent all of the district. One more time, Eli, what is your website? Eli4Arizona.com. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate it. Give some dough to this guy and put up a sign in front of your, your farm or ranch or, or your front door. Um, Eli, thanks for joining us today. Hope you return soon. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Hey, Eli was a great guest. Um, we'll have him back on the show a lot. Um, as I said earlier in today's broadcast, uh, we're up on the first year anniversary of our evacuation of uh, Kabul. And I, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't name those um, servicemen and women who were killed in that bombing at the Kabul uh, airport, uh, trying to get what was tens of thousands of people out of the country. Lance Corporal David Espinoza, 20 years old. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole G, Roseville, California. Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren Taylor, 31. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Knauss, 23. Marine Corps Corporal Hunter Lopez, age 22. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, age 20. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dylan Marola, age 20. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Tareem Nakui, 20 years old. Marine Corps Corporal Dagan William Taylor Page, 23. Marine Corps Sergeant Johnny Rosario, age 25. Marine Corps Corporal Umberto Sanchez, age 22. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, age 20, and Navy Hospital Corpsman Max Soviak, age 22. These were all young men and women dedicated to our country's survival. Um, when you say your prayers tonight, please think of them and the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice that they paid to our country and to our freedom and to the freedom of all of those um, Afghanis who had been our allies during the war there for almost 20 years. Uh, these are the people who helped us in almost every way. We heard about uh, one of them, Zach, from a guest we had on a couple of weeks ago, Tom Schumann. Hey, just to, to wrap up today's show, we'll finish uh, today with some news briefs you may not have heard elsewhere. Um, these are kind of light. We'll get away from some serious stuff that we've been doing. From Lichtenstein. While the parliament was debating over new earthquake coverage legislation there, there were two earthquake tremors, one a real shaker at 3.9 on the Richter scale, which ended debate and saw the body adjourn and disperse. This morning, Artemis and, uh, and, and uh, Orion didn't get off the launch pad uh, from Cape Canaveral. Glitches again with the fuel system. That big monster rocket has nearly 500 uh, separate sequences that all must be 100% before launch and commence. A new launch date has not been set. U.S. naval destroyers thwarted new attempts by Iran to seize American drones in the Red Sea this week. The New York Times somehow got a hold of FBI photos taken during the Mar-a-Lago raid showing documents the FBI seized in the former president's private home. It seems to me they... Um, cannot obtain conviction of Mr. Trump, so they're using their press allies at the DOJ to convict him in the public eye. I swear I've never witnessed this many leaks ever in a law enforcement investigation. 
There's a guy who stole a King Air plane today in Mississippi, uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi, threatening to crash into a Walmart. Um, he's landed that plane and been taken into custody. I'm sure by Monday, someone on the left will want to ban all aircraft violence. Ukrainian forces have launched attacks against Ruski positions in the city of Kyrgyzstan, uh, which was lost earlier this summer, and they're making progress breaching Ruski defensive pose- uh, positions. Russian natural gas provider Gazprom uh, keeps pipeline to Germany closed, more proof that Europe clean energy plans will freeze out the continent. America is on the same collision course. No problems at our southern border, but at least nine migrants were found dead in the Rio Grande after dozens of people attempted a hazardous crossing of the border illegally uh, around Eagle Pass, Texas, officials said. Biden administration announces a Pacific summit to discuss the growing China threat, which is sure, I think, to be quite productive. Uh, Let's hope they don't wait as long as they did in Ukraine. In the UK, Liz Truss appears to be on the verge of becoming the third female to be the mistress of 10 Downing Street. Now in Turkey, pop singer Gulson could face up to three years prison for inciting hatred and enmity for making a joke in public about religious schools, and she's currently under house arrest. Next story is a small town in Iowa can't find the time capsule they buried 50 years ago. The town of Sheldon had plans to unseal their time capsule to celebrate the anniversary of that town's founding in 1872. Town leaders say they still have every intention of digging it up, but they need to find it. And they can't do that until they get some ground searching radar to find it. The California legislature is sending a bill to Governor Gavin Grusom this week mandating a $22 an hour minimum wage for fast food workers with 3.5% yearly increases and mandatory paid protest days, whatever the heck that is. Uh, Watch for zero minimum wage for these same workers when they're replaced by robots. Democrats owned by the SEIU uh, is to blame. One last um, immediate uh, notice for you is uh, the University of Arizona is playing uh, San Diego State today. And uh, toward the end of the uh, second quarter, uh, they lead that contest at this time uh, by a score of uh, 17 to 10. Uh, Let's go Cats and uh, hope that that all works out uh, for the Wildcats. I spoke with some people in San Diego yesterday who would come uh, to California to watch the game, and they were looking forward to lots of great fun. Uh, And looks like, at least so far, they're having that, although uh, it's probably hotter uh, in that stadium in um, inland uh, San Diego area than it is in Tucson, Arizona right now. Um, look, uh, Insider Speaking for Inside Track, I hope you've enjoyed the show today with East Side Donald Smith and CD2. I made that mistake before. CD2, uh, Republican candidate for Congress, Eli Crane. Uh, this, now, this being the Labor Day weekend, let's all take a moment to recognize the labor of those who work for us, uh, the guys and gals who make stuff, and all the people who labor hard. Uh, to make sure our lives are better. I thank Tom uh, Fairbanks for coming in today 
Um, he's been he's been in uh, a sick bay for a couple of weeks, and I always enjoy having him uh, help us produce the show. Um, in in our family, growing up in Tucson, Labor Day always meant that my sisters and I were working in the yard, weeding, trimming, and cleaning up, making sure that we kids labored for our parents. Uh, after the show, I'm going to go to my garden and perform my labor. I like keeping that family tradition uh, up and. Uh, I have two sons who, uh, uh, like me, are uh, used to working on Labor Day. I put them to work as well when they were kids growing up. And uh, Labor Day is just—it's one of those days I think that we that we really, you know, we just think it's a, a you know kind of the last long weekend uh, as we uh, get out of the summertime and you know kids back in school and so on. Um, it really is uh, a day that uh, helps us understand the value of work. And um, the honest efforts of hardworking Americans and uh, hard work is, I think, what really, uh, truly makes America great. Uh, I hope you'll join us again next week. We have another great show planned for you. We're going to have lots and lots of Republican candidates and uh, any Democrat candidate, if they're willing to come on the show and, and be honest with us. Um, but we, we have a lot of uh, great interviews already set up for September and October as we go into uh, the um the election season uh, full swing. Um, Inside Track has podcasted both on the KVOI website and on Apple Podcasts. I think we have um, well over 130 uh, podcasts and uh, and growing every every uh, day or every uh, weekend that we do this show. And um, again, thanks for tuning in to our fourth year uh, here on Inside Track. We uh, hope that we will continue to do our best bring you quality guests and lots of information. So until next week, for Inside Track and my co-host, Eb Wilkinson, this is Bruce Ash, wishing you all a very pleasant good afternoon. We'll see you again in 167 hours. Go Cats! Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our Tucson? biggest customers are actually like ranchers and yeah. people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So. Uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material what they're making bringing it back and so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them so i think that's really our niche market we'll sell whatever you need tucson iron and metal surplus call 209-1579 stop by the yard 701 east 36th street open monday through saturday this is eb wilkinson of wilkinson wealth management are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com.